0: Welcome to episode four of our podcast. I'm Alex, one half of The Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half of The Sober Experiment. So today we're talking about our first 30 days of sobriety. But first, oh my God, what a month.
1: We've had such a hectic month. It's been amazing. Um, It started off with the Be Sober Manchester meetup with Sober Girl Society, which was just fantastic. We got to meet Millie the founder of Sober Girl Society, yeah. which then resulted in Millie agreeing to do a podcast with us, which we recorded the other day, and I can't wait to get it out.
0: And then I got, like, all brave and just started messaging loads of authors and People, I even thought I might get Fern Cotton on, that's not happened, <laughs> but I did actually message you, Lisa told me to calm down, um, but we've got so many big names coming in the sober world, so many big names coming on, aren't we? Oh, we have, it's giving me anxiety, yes. I can't
1: wait, but I get so nervous about these things, Alex, I don't know what you're doing to me. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, we've got, um, we, we're actually doing a podcast with Annie Grace. Yeah, that's later on this month. As long as she shows it, because if we can contain ourselves and not laugh like a pair of like we are doing our own. Yeah, she might be like, yeah, that was great. Thanks, girls. It's Dilly. no <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, we've got William Porter coming on, so the author of Alcohol Explained, and he's about to release a second book, so he's coming on. Who else? Claire Poole. Claire Pooley. She's oh, oh, got a girl crush on her. <laughs> I think I'm just
1: going to spend the whole time just like yeah girl i I just think she's amazing it was my favorite favorite book that so yeah i can't wait for that one who else have we got what's it mrs d is going without my mum is so excited about that (laughs) honestly when i told her she couldn't believe it alex she's really she was like "Will you mention my name will you tell her that i liked it so then i can be like podcast famous too
0: (laughs) (laughs) simon chappell who is the founder of Be Sober, not Be Sober Manchester, but the group Be Sober. And he's also written and released a book, which Lisa finds really funny because I always describe it as yellow. But it is called (laughs) The Sober Survival Guide and it's fantastic. I've read it cover to cover and it really is useful. Uh, So get get looking at that one if you can. Um, What else? Anything else? I don't think there is anything else. Oh, we did a networking event. We did the networking (laughs) event. We did do
1: the networking event. That was quite funny. Well... Apart from the first thing that we got asked was to put our business card in to win a bottle of champagne and the beer that was made
0: out of Kellogg's cereal for sustainability. Oh, well, yeah. Other like, than that, it was really successful. It was like, do you know, I did a bit of reading on that afterwards and it was leftover cereal. So what they're trying to claim is, and it was like, it's Kellogg's, isn't it? Rice Krispies. Yes. That yeah. anything leftover won't go to waste because, you know what, we'll make a beer out of it and everybody can get pissed with the breakfast. <laughs> you know that's what I think, No, I don't think, I think it's all right making the beer,
1: however they make it, but the fact that it's advertised with breakfast cereal makes me think, like... It just makes you think that it's all right to drink at breakfast time. That's how I saw it.
0: Yeah, well, I know people who do, so. And I don't mean that in a horrible way. You know, I I know people who do drink with the breakfast even now, so maybe it'll suit them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm only joking. Right, Okay, I'm not joking about knowing people like (laughs) that. I'm just joking about it being okay. <laughs> right. Um, oh, also, huge news um, for us. We have been accepted by NACAWA as kind of... Um, what's it called? Like Not sponsors. What's it called? Fundraisers. Well, yeah, we're fundraisers for their charity now. So... If and when we make like money on anything, the badges, any of our merchandise, 10% of everything that we make, we're going to donate to them. And we're going to be doing a fundraiser at some point to raise money for them.
1: We are, because it is a charity that's quite close to our hearts as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and if you don't know what they are, they um, support children of... They say alcoholics and alcohol-dependent parents, don't they? Yeah. But right into adulthood as well. So they're not just looking at the children, they're looking at those that are living with the after-effects of it. So, Yeah. Um, loads of news. We've been busy bees. We have. The... <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> we have been busy bees. Um, so yeah, right. We'll get on with today. So Lisa start first 30 days. So the first 30 days, I'm not
1: sure what I expected when I quit drinking, to be honest. All I knew was that it wasn't working for me anymore, what I was doing. And I just knew I had to do something different. So I guess in the first 30 days, I kind of expected quite a bit out of it. I expected weight loss. I expected, (laughs) which never happened. Um, I I kind of expected to have a bit of a clearer mind, no more anxiety and shame-filled mornings. That was something that I was like quite looking forward to. But I just didn't have a clue what to expect because... Living life without alcohol, especially at the weekends for me, was just a completely new experience. I'd, I'd never done a dry January. Um, I had abstained in all my pregnancies and done sober October, which seemed like forever and ever. But that was just kind of temporary things. And I think you can kind of do anything temporary. And when I decided to stop drinking, I straight away said, I'm going to do 100 days. Yeah. i
0: remember i remember you saying it i remember you phoning me to tell me (laughs) you know what my first i said on a previous podcast oh i was jealous what i actually thought was right you boring cow (laughs) i think you might have said that as well (laughs) uh, supportive
1: bff yeah Yeah. but you know what i I remember saying because i'd felt so rough and so anxious that i thought right that's it i'm doing 100 days i've heard about it that is me doing it but then when, like, I started to feel a little bit better and my hangover had gone, I was like, shit, I've told everybody I'm doing 100 days. Didn't you put it on your
0: social media? Yeah,
1: straight away. I was in bed. <laughs> I was rough. I couldn't even see. And I think I'd done a status, like, I'm doing a 100-day challenge. And it just, yeah. So I knew if I put it on social media that then I would have to do it because I'm stubborn, you see. Uh, yeah. and, I and I don't go back on my words, so I knew I was doing hundred days. So yeah, when I felt better, I was like, "Oh my god, hundred days." Then I remembered that I had holidays booked, so I was like, "Oh no, I've got to go to Canada, and I've booked Cyprus with my youngest daughter Olivia." So I thought, "How am I going to do these things sober?" Because normally, as well, when the shit kind of it's the fan. the first thing i used to do was find a drinking buddy and i would drain my sorrows in prosecco it's just what i did i'd fool myself into believing that it made everything all right but i'd go out at weekends doing shots buying cocktails that i couldn't afford i'd wake up i'd hate myself um for what i might have said and what i might have done you know the script no you definitely did <laughs> do you know what Same i mean you do so even <laughs> But even in my first 30 days, I actually found myself cringing at the old me already. Really? Yeah. I, you soon? know. I know some people have really struggled in the 30 days, but I'm going to be dead honest. I loved it. I was literally just loving the first 30 days um, and I really liked the new me straight away within 10 days I was like I like this person (laughs) so I was just I was flying on a pink fluffy cloud really early on to be honest Alex I felt more equipped to deal with things I felt more confident in decisions that I was making I knew I was doing the right thing I was going through a lot when I stopped drinking with the kids at that time. Yeah. They were being very rebellious. I won't go into too much detail about that, but they was being rather... <laughs> but I did feel more equipped to deal with things like that and handle it a lot better. Did you
0: recognise that straight away as well? That, oh, you know what? This is because I'm not drinking. Do you think you recognise that or do you think... You yes, straight have, away. Yeah. Like I really did, like within, yeah, definitely I did. You know, like these 30-day challenges, I mean, we're, we're advocates of them as well, yes yeah. we always think if somebody joins in for 30 days, they can start to see the benefits. And you've just said it then, you found the first 30 days easy. I found it easy, comparatively speaking, to the next 30 days. So yeah. like thirty one sixty, I found the hardest when I set up the challenge to do 100 days for myself. So it's got me thinking that maybe these 30-day challenges aren't really enough because, and I don't mean that, you know, I'm not trying to undermine anybody who's given them a go because I think it's brilliant and I'm really not yeah. taking that away. But it's got me thinking, is is it enough to actually experience life beyond alcohol? Is it really enough? Or do you think we need to push ourselves to that 90-day point where you're not going on the roller coaster? I think absolutely.
1: I really do. I think when you look at 30 days, a lot of people do dry January A lot of people do Sober October and it's kind of their, I found that when I did them things, I was using willpower. So for that month, you know, you'd rally a few friends to do it with you. So you kind of would all mourn about how boring and long that month was (laughs) together and that you couldn't wait to get to the end of it to have a drink. Whereas when you go in for a longer period of
0: time, you get to experience a lot more in that time. I think it's like pregnancy for me that, and that I touched on this last time. I think I did more than touch on it. I think I waffled on it. But um, yeah, pregnancy for me, it was never an option to drink when I was pregnant. So it just, the desire wasn't there. Yeah. And I think that's when you, when you do longer and you actually change your mindset, you realise you can overcome the addictive substance, don't you? And yeah. That does not happen in 30 days. No, it definitely it doesn't.
1: doesn't. I don't think it does. No. I really don't. But I did, I did find it quite easy compared to like some people that have heard talk about it where they have found it really difficult. I think a lot is mindset. It is. And I threw myself into it like I do with anything. You know, if I like something, that's me. I'm all or nothing. I was like that with drinking. I was like that with everything I've done. Yeah. So I, it was only natural for me to kind of throw myself fully into sober life for that hundred days yeah so I did find it quite easy compared to some people and I just loved it I went on Facebook and Instagram and I found all these sober accounts I read and read and read like within that first 60 days at least I'd read Annie Grace's naked mind, yep. the unexpected joy of being sober, yep. the sober diaries, and one of my favourites that I actually don't speak about enough was Alan Carr's easy way for women to stop drinking. I really, really enjoyed that, and I'd used Alan Carr previously to stop smoking, yeah, like years and years ago. So I kind of really liked his method. I think it's very similar to Annie Grace. I'll give him
0: a call. <laughs> yeah. oh, Get God. him
1: on. No, please don't. Oh no, you can't. I think <laughs> he's
0: dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, well, if he is, then I'll get someone in his family and I'll go, oh, what's what wrong awful. with
1: me? He does have a clinic in London, but I'm, I'm sure he's not there. I think he died. Let's fast forward. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I went on holiday with Olivia and I remember being really shocked at the airport. But everything, you know, going through all these first, I was shocked that one, that this sold coffee two, that people actually <laughs> queued for coffee. <laughs> like, I'd never done that before. <laughs> um, and I just remember spending more quality time. We, we played cards, we looked at the stars, we, we just did all these like amazing things together and I felt so present and close to my kids, like more than I had done for a very long time. I just felt instantly that I had more time for them. So
0: at what point do you think you thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this for good. I'm not doing it for 100 days. To yourself, maybe you didn't announce it, but what point? I think
1: really early on.
0: like Within that 30 days? I think within that 30 days,
1: yeah. Because I just knew I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't think I could do it, and there was no way. All the way through to the 100 days, i just told people it was a challenge. But I think within that first 30 days, I thought... I don't want to do this and I'm going to really see if I can do it forever. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I just, like I said, I just didn't want to be the person I was anymore. It was affecting everything and I didn't like it. But I remember being scared, scared. I couldn't imagine a life without drinking. It's because it's all I'd ever done. Yeah. I was scared to tell people. Because, like you said, and I know we were laughing, but I was like, right, I'm going to do 100 days. And in the back of your thoughts, she was like, oh,
0: boring. I would have said it to you because I would have said it joking to you, and but meaning it to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd yeah, have gone to definitely. you, my God, that's boring, Lisa. And I'd have actually been thinking it, but then I'd have gone, no, I'm only joking, I'm really proud of you. I wouldn't have been proud of you because I'd have been really <laughs> pissed off that I didn't have anyone to go and down shots with in town. I know, <laughs> and I think that's it. I was so frightened that the people especially the people close to me like you,
1: and like my mum, would just be... I remember my mum saying, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but I remember somebody that we know was doing an alcohol-free challenge. Yeah. And my mum was a little bit like, oh, really? <laughs> Do we have to worry about it? So I was kind of really frightened to tell her that I'd stopped drinking because her reaction, and she was saying it because now she's sober... It was scary for her too. And she couldn't imagine a life without drinking. She obviously had her own anxieties about it that she might have been yeah. drinking a little bit more than she wanted to. So by me stopping, I just then highlighted all
0: that. But you didn't actually, you weren't unfair, were you? You didn't go on about it. It was her own curiosity that got her Oh, absolutely! It, wasn't it? Because we worked together, I was going
1: into work and she could just see the massive shift in, small like my skin. How awake I was. Like, I was bouncing into work, feeling fantastic, and she was still at that point kind of going, I'm just tired, I'm
0: just tired. (laughs) And I was, like, thinking, yeah, she was definitely on the wine last night. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing, and we've said this before, even one glass makes you just tired. It's not... Don't give you the typical hangover that you think, but just tired is hangover, isn't it? Of course it
1: is. And I think... I didn't think sobriety would have such a huge, huge effect on me because I just drank at weekends and I wasn't an everyday drinker. Yeah. I didn't really think about it that much in the week, if I'm honest. But what I never realised is I was living for the week. Every week I was living for the weekend, so I was really, really tired. Monday, Tuesday, by Wednesday I'd be feeling a little bit better. Thursday, I might partake in... You know, a glass of wine or two. And then it was Saturday for me. That was it. I would go out and boom. Straight after you finish your group one time? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't wait to do it. It just seems so bizarre to me now. But yeah, basically, I've got to be honest, I just found that it was really, really easy. <laughs> That's I... it. I, d- I just didn't find it difficult at all. In that time, I'm not saying that it is easy and I know people have these but for me personally I found it I just embraced it I loved it I enjoyed it
0: I guess what we should address here is that for both of us that will not have been the first time that we ever said we're not going to drink for a month so we're only talking about here the time when you've actively gone you know what I'm never doing this again, and you've accepted that you need to stop. So that's what made it easy for us. The mind shift set... No, the mind shift. The mindset shift had already happened. Some people don't experience that in the first 30 days. The the white knuckle in it, as they say. And then it comes later, which I think is why they find it so hard. Plus, some people are more physically addicted because... Let's face it, we say it again, it's addictive. It is addictive. I just think for me personally,
1: and what I would recommend to anybody stopping drinking, whether it be for 30 days, 60 days, whatever they choose to do, I think read, 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 listen to audibles as much as possible. Because, like you said, it's the mindset. That's what it is and that's what was different for me this time. I didn't feel like I was missing out. I'd found people that were doing the same thing really early on and I think that's what massively helped make it so easy for me. You didn't find it so easy though, Alex, did you? What was well, your experience? It
0: was it was yes and no with the easy for me. In terms of actually getting through 30 days, once I'd made my mind up to get through 30 days, I found that first 30 days relatively easy but I'd never gone, oh, I'm just doing it for 30 days... I'd watched you as I've said before and I thought oh I I want a bit of that I'm gonna do 100 days and that's I remember phoning you and you saying to me stop thinking of this as a lifetime and you'll find it easier think of it as just getting to 100 days and then you won't want to go back yeah so for me I think that's why I found it a bit easy because I had the support from you plus don't forget my husband stopped with me yeah so I didn't have the temptation around me so I think Day one was my most surprising, weirdly, because I woke up, it was a Monday morning, so I'd had the hangover on the Sunday, the dreaded hangover that we talk about. (laughs) And then um, I'd woke up on the Monday morning, I had work, and... The first thought in my head was, oh, wine. Right, I swear to God, in my whole life, I had never woken up on a Monday morning and thought about wine or alcohol. Just never. Maybe if it was a bank holiday, I might have done. But not (laughs) on a work day, do you know what I mean? It just hadn't occurred to me. And I couldn't get my head round why all of a sudden I wanted wine on a Monday. And it was just simply me telling myself, oh, you can't. And I wrote something down, right? This is what I wrote in my little notebook. It's Monday and I'm back to work. Feel groggy and sluggish. Probably the lingering hangover and my body trying to get back into ketosis. Oh, I'm on the keto diet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never, ever, ever think about alcohol on a Monday. So why is it the first thing that I thought of when I woke up? It's because I've told myself that I can't. I get it. And thankfully, I am still determined never to drink again. So obviously there were ups and downs of that. But I think also... I put myself through quite a bit of torture in that first month. Yeah. So, about a week after I stopped drinking, I went to a wedding. I remember that. I remember your phone call on the Monday, by the way, as well. But I do remember this wedding. Go on. And, well, I was, first of all, I felt like a massive sore thumb sticking out because, <laughs> as you know, my friends and family were, you know, we're all well known for our ability to hold on to alcohol, you know, like, yeah. and. Everybody was having a drink. Everybody was having a good time. And I sat there and I kept looking at Sam and Sam kept looking at me and he kept just giving me that little reassuring nod. You're all right. You're all right. And it took me ages to relax into it. But you know what? I've said that I've never sober danced and I did dance at that. It was a bit awkward and I felt like a bit of an idiot. Yeah. Um, And I only did it for maybe 30 seconds. But that wasn't about me, that was about me showing everybody in my family that actually, oh yeah, I can just have as much of a good time. But in honesty, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. It was too soon, I shouldn't have gone. That's what I was just going to say, within
1: that 30 days, that's quite a big event to go to, isn't it? And I wouldn't have missed it
0: because, you know, it was my cousin and I'd not managed to get abroad to her actual wedding and... Number one, I wanted to go for her. But number two, nobody would have understood. I was already finding it challenging. And they would have just thought it was me being selfish, not going. So I did it. And really, I just wasn't ready. Now, originally, I told myself that I was going to wait until after the wedding and after my holiday before I stopped. But as you know, that hangover just went right now. So I guess that was quite challenging for me. And the other thing that I did, which was really stupid, um, was... I lingered in the wine aisle. I didn't need to go in the wine aisle in Tesco, <laughs> but I went in the wine aisle, and I went in the wine aisle just to see if I could. You know, like, you know what I'm, I'm like? I totally don't know what you mean. I know, you know what I'm like. So I went down the wine aisle, and I picked up a bottle of wine, and I looked. I had no intention of buying it, and I was going to myself in my head, ha, you can't get me anymore. I <laughs> promise you I was talking to this bottle of wine. Right, and then... I was like, ha-ha, I know better. Look at you all, sat on your shelf. <laughs> trying and tempt me Well, you can. But what that did do was it spurred me on to go and try. And I'm not joking when I say, I think I spent about 40 quid on non-alcoholic wines. <laughs> I went into Tesco, I went into Sainsbury's, I went into Waitrose, I went into Marks and Spencer's and I bought every single bottle of red wine and I swear to God, non-alcoholic. I took a sip out of each one decided they were just like rancid and tipped them down the sink. And... <laughs> In a way, it was a good bad thing because it sort of stopped me craving for that replacement because I just thought, well, there isn't one. the isn't one for me. Uh, there really
1: were, said, this, if
0: you look, not in- red, not red. Yeah. I've not found a good red. Um, if you're a prosecco drinker, like when we went to that social, yeah, um, that was lovely w- with Millie. That prosecco, what was it called? Naughty, as in N O U G H T Y. That that was um, really good, and I don't know whether that's just because it's been so long since I've had that or. Whether it genuinely was a good replacement, but I've not found a red wine and now I've not tried, I just drink tea. I, I think not water, <laughs> <laughs> I do drink water.
1: Do you um, think though? I'm, I know we're going to talk again on another podcast about alcohol free drinks and yeah, stuff, yeah, it's a bit like, but yeah. wine i just can't bring myself to try the non-alcoholic version well, i don't, don't bother the I've, rubbish i've tried like the norseco and things like that and the alcohol free gin and tonics and i love now and again an alcohol free beer i really enjoy that but wine is just for me a step too far i don't know why <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, don't, I
0: think it's because it just looks so much like it and then you pour it out and it's shit <laughs> it <is. laughs> yeah. you know like, what's the point? Um, at that wedding though I did I did take with me a little bottle of the nosecco which you recommended I did and I phoned them up and I had a really lengthy chat with the woman who um, she was lovely but she proceeded to tell me how she didn't need to stop drinking and I was like well, yeah but I just want to know if I can bring my nosecco with me please <laughs> um, I never ended up having it I just had a couple of non-alcoholic beers and I left that there to be honest with you do you remember um, so I read all the books that you'd recommended didn't you yeah. Plus, I read um, Alcohol Explained, William Porter. Yes, you did. Which you hadn't read no. at that point. Um, do you remember me phoning you up going, oh, you'll never guess what I found out. <laughs> do you know that alcohol does this? And you were like, yeah, fucking been there and done that. Will you just get on with it? I'm, I'm on universe stuff now. <laughs> do you, know you I'm to remember them. every week I'll,
1: uh, Lisa have you read this book and I'd be like no I've not read that I'm kind of reading something else <laughs> and you're like no, you've, got you've got to read,
0: to- read this listen <laughs> I'm on day 300 love <laughs> <laughs> but it was I was obsessed wasn't I yeah. and I read and read and read and I think you know same same typical things that like looking at myself in the mirror and thinking oh my skin looks better not that I ever thought it was bad what I what I did get was that red flush when I drank yeah. and I was terrified of getting the red broken veins in my face because I could see that never used to happen to me and because I was now drinking more to get pissed quicker or to get to the same point yeah. I was getting really red face which I didn't like Um. I think something else which bothered me is, and you'll remember this, because, again, it was something I I found you about everything. I'm I'm surprised you don't live with me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I do. Um, Yeah. Do you not remember me saying all the time, and especially in the first 30 days, but it has carried on, that I was thinking about dying every night. Yes, I do, actually. And it was, like, awful in that first 30 days. I'd lie in bed awake for ages, and then I had to wake my husband up and go, Sam... I'm scared. And he'd go, for fuck's sake, what are you scared about now? It was supported, but yeah. I think by this point he was just sick of it. Do you and I was... remember how
1: unuseful I was? Because you'd be like, Lisa, I'm scared of dying. Well, we're all going to die, Alex. We're all going to die, you might as well get used yeah. to it. Yeah, and, and I'm like,
0: but I don't want to. And you're like, well, it might not be now. It could be, though. You're <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> But it's fine it will be fine Yeah Death's death's amazing I'm like How do you know I've been? (laughs) 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 No (laughs) you haven't! So yeah I think (laughs) I think You know Pretty much the same as you in that respect. But I guess other things. Um, I remember having massive arguments with my inner wine which who I named Big Al, which he thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, really like verbal ones as well, saying, will you just go away? Leave me alone. Stop telling me I can just have one. I clearly can. I threw a sandwich at my <laughs> husband's head. <laughs> oh, and that, you know, it, that memory thing as well. Right, so this is another thing. And I know you've experienced this, that first 30 days. You just become like a major like, scatterbrain. <laughs> no,
1: I agree. I think you hear from people saying hey, they get all this clarity, and in that first 30 days, definitely not. Like, I was
0: so forgetful I was... about everything, just day to day things. I was forgetting things. No, I was the same. And I think that that's quite scary then because what happens is after the first 30 days, I don't know exactly when. But all of a sudden, you become an elephant in terms of your memory, don't you? And everything's yeah. coming back. So yesterday, right, I was having this flashback. You know, I've always said, oh, I was never that bad when I was younger. It's just got, w-. well, I was. Because <laughs> when I when I was 21 and I got married first time, I have just remembered that I was sat on the dance floor at the end of the night. And I know you came to, but you'd gone by then because you had a young, yeah, you had baby, yeah. didn't you, that time? Um who's now what, 22 21. <laughs> 21. Yeah. I should know that, she's my goddaughter. But um <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I was at the at my wedding in my wedding dress, which was a big wedding dress, sat on the dance floor at the end of the night with a bottle of white wine, half drunk <laughs> out of the bottle, right? And the song You'll Never Walk Alone was my last song requested, and I just I don't know why I had it, but I loved it. And I was sat on the floor and I swear to God, I was going, I thought it was hilarious. First I was crying, then I was singing into my bottle and then I was drinking some. And then every time it said, you'll never walk alone, I was going, you'll never walk again. <laughs> 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 Laughing my head off, thinking I was like Miss Comedienne, you know, like I ended up being dragged on all fours to bed in my wedding dress. And I, was I woke like, up. perfect wedding you know I woke up, right in the morning, and the room were lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually said to him, I'm surprised they didn't divorce me that day, and I actually looked around and I went, oh, this room's nice. And he was like, yeah, not that you'd remember anything about it. There's your wedding dress, and it was in a heap. And you know how lovely he was. He wasn't like a horrible person, no, was he it? He was, was so understanding. I got a lift off him, obviously, in the passenger side. He would not drunk anywhere near as much as me, because unlike me, he wanted to remember his wedding day. <laughs> and I ended up... Um, having to drive it was my mum's birthday we made out the window the whole way guess what I was doing <laughs> being sick <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah that was it really and you know what else as well I know I'm waffling now but I think this is really important I found something else out yesterday so I've I suffered and I know you did from like irritability yeah anxiety feeling tired fe- not I didn't have better sleep at the beginning it was actually a little bit worse for a while Mine. Yeah. Um, I felt lethargic and a little bit sluggish in the first 30 days. Where, And I just put that down to the fact that maybe I still had a hangover, but looking back, it was like 10 days later, so I don't think so. You probably did, you know. Maybe. And I found out yesterday, right, that... Have you heard of pause? Yes, I have. So, like, post-acute withdrawal syndrome, and it happens when you come off drugs or alcohol, and I don't think scientists know too much about it, but I'm going to give it a go. And it's like your brain chemistry settling back down to normal. Do you know how long it can last for? Go on. Have a guess. I'm not going to tell you. 14 days. No, two years. Two years? Two years. So you know when we see people on our group and on other groups saying, oh, I'm struggling, I'm at day 60, I have no idea why. And you know those days you get where you have... Three down days, you fall off your cloud. We always throw each other up going, I think I fell off my cloud. (laughs) But right, it is real, it's a real, real thing. But I'm really happy because, like, now I know I'm not a psychopath, (laughs) right? So when I, the other week, last week, I threw two plates on the floor and smashed them into little pieces for nothing. Um, I really am not violent but I sound so violent on these podcasts right <laughs> <laughs> and I threw them on the floor smashed them into pieces and I know it's just pause now you know what Alex saying that I remember early on having
1: an absolute angry meltdown <laughs> over something like really shouting and being mad and you know like the kids were driving me mad everything was going wrong and just absolutely having a meltdown and then sitting there afterwards thinking, oh, no, that's me. I can't even blame that on
0: hangover, yeah. on drink. I've actually, I'm a really bad person. Bad oh, pause, that's what it there is. There we go, I've had pause. Yeah, so we're suffering from pause That's now. good to know. It is good to know. I, I thought so as well. So at least the problem is with it, it becomes fewer and far between. So you, you can it can happen all of a sudden. It's just two or three days. And I think the best armoury for this is knowing it will pass and it will pass after two or three days and after two years if you've still got it you're a psycho <laughs> go and get help <laughs> um, but it does explain things like me crying at the poppy man Oh, so there was a man and he was giving out poppies on Remembrance Week and yeah I just started to cry in his face I bet he thought you weirdo but it just made me so sad that he was like stood there after the war and then <laughs> some said to me You do know that he's about 60 and he didn't live in any war. And I was like, yeah, but that's not the point. His mum might have been. And he's like, shut up. Do you think, though,
1: that you do become more sensitive? No. Really?
0: Really? oh I think you do no I think I've always been when I look back Ah, when I look back right and I remember my dad saying to me when I was a little girl oh stop being so touchy touchy over here doesn't mean touchy it's like touchy is insensitive (laughs) here we go again (laughs) oh god! but you don't mean that you're touching everyone it's like sensitive if you don't know and I used to get really sensitive about everything (laughs) (laughs) not being that <laughs> but um yeah, I, I think I've always been sensitive, but drinking looking back actually, you have, you know, when I was thinking I was you just remember thinking- the breathing. Yeah, when we were teenagers and you had like a massive that was just unnecessary, wasn't it? When I think back to that, you was just going, hoo, 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 hoo. Why, why are you doing it, you <laughs> I weirdo? don't know. I think I probably was taking oh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, we are talking about it, so I had I've not got it anymore, but I had childhood asthma yes she and did Lisa was on a, the bottom bunk bed and she was going hoo, 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 like making these stupid breathing noises and I think I'm quite angry about this Anna. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I looked down and was like why are you taking the middle of my breathing and my asthma which it sounds ridiculous now yeah but yeah. I think I was yeah well you're desirable. that's not <laughs> that's like not a nice thing to do is <laughs> no. <laughs> it no it doesn't matter you were probably pissed you were only 10 <laughs> Um, i don't think i knew you when you were 10 um yeah and then do you know what happened to me the other day as well and i know that we've gone out of 30 days here but this is just another example guess what i was crying at on the telly what rocky three (laughs) you know the bit where him and apollo are running down the beach oh yes right i looked at them Right, Sam was on one cell phone, I was on the other. And I looked at them and I just thought in my head, look how young and vibrant they are, and look at them now. Like I don't even know whether they're like knocking they are knocking around still, but I think at least one of them is. We'll talk about <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone definitely is. I'm not sure about the guy that plays Apollo, but they were they were running down the beach and I thought, look how young and vibrant they are. And I just went like They're old now! <laughs> <laughs> honest to god right sam just looked up from his laptop and he just went oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's all he said and i was just like yeah i used to cry at eastenders and everything so i think no i've always been sensitive
1: i cry a lot (laughs) not like just every day but i mean that things like that like me and the kids went to see that new christmas movie and i really cried like not a bit I th- like I think I even nearly made a noise in the <laughs> cinema <laughs> no, no that's my laughing watch so yeah. but no I was um it made me really sad and I actually said to Olivia at the end I was like can we get up quick and go really quick because I don't want anyone <laughs> to
0: see me because I had all like mascara down my face but it is it isn't just crying is it because you know get past that 30 days or even in it I have never laughed as much in my life. And, again, I used to be a laugher when I was a kid. And people used to say, why can't you just get your breath and get your words out? You (laughs) said it to me. And I'm back there, and it's just such an amazing feeling to be able to laugh with no inhibitions, apart from the fact that I nearly wet myself (laughs) now. But other than the fact that I now nearly wet myself, I don't have any inhibitions at all. I'm just laughing. I'll cry if I want to cry. I'll shout if I want to shout. I'll smash plates if I want to smash plates. It's just so liberating. It is liberating.
1: You know, when you say about laughing, I remember in my first 30 days, actually, looking back at my drinking days and thinking, oh my God, none of my laughs were like real, genuine laughs. So when I laugh now... I just feel that they're so much more authentic. Like you know when we did our first podcast. Oh, that was ridiculous. We spent what like forty minutes before the <laughs> press record, like crying, laughing. We still do it. I know. <laughs> but, you think we'd have got over it, wouldn't you? Yeah, we do As soon as we like press record, that's it. We both go. But to have that feeling, it's just so lovely and feels so
0: genuine that yeah i love it oh we're not cuddling again no we are not (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i think i think that's it really and it's that i think if people can just get through 30 days and then accept that you know what you're gonna fall off your cloud you're gonna have down days and yeah sometimes it takes sheer strength to think i will not drink but all you've got to do is not have a drink that day, and you will carry on. And it does pass. You it said does. this before. Everything passes. Good feelings pass. Bad feelings pass.
1: Cravings pass. If you can just do that and read, I
0: can't ex- like express how so much reading I think helps. I agree. And do you know what else I've done a lot of just before we finish. It's being sick oh no I <laughs> hey, you know my god I've not vomited I haven't been sick for ages well, oh my god that's amazing oh my god. go on what that's else have brilliant. you done brilliant oh wow I sing all the time again and I know that um, singing used to be my thing you know I'd be in the shower in the kitchen and I don't know when it stopped or how it stopped but I just know it did and I only know it did because my son said to me the other day you're always singing you nowadays mum and I thought yes She's back! So amazing. You know what I do? I
1: don't know whether I want to say this. Do it. But I dance in the kitchen a lot. Like oh. me and the kids actually do stupid things together again. And they will say to me, like we had a bit of a competition the other day, me and the kids. and We was like, who's the grumpiest? Who's the sleepiest? Who's the happiest? And I got nominated as the weirdest. I think you are.
0: <laughs> you've always been weird though I kind of took that as a compliment <laughs> no it is a compliment but you've always been weird you've always been a bit you know your own person and yeah it's, a, it's weird that we ever got sucked into being drinkers yeah I think it's so nice to kind of find ourselves again
1: find what makes us happy what makes us tick and I think when we go back to that 30 days again you know something that I didn't mention but I do think is quite important is boredom oh yeah the weekends in the first 30 days seem to last forever and ever and ever and i remember i bought myself an art set from amazon i even gift tagged it to myself it said to lisa um keep being awesome (laughs) lovely yeah she doesn't love herself that much (laughs) nobody else was gonna buy it so yeah i got it gift wrapped and everything i got this art set and I've got... Imagine pretending you've sent... Well, you had, you had sent it yourself, hadn't you? Yeah, and then, like, I was hoping that I'd forget and then it'd be a nice surprise at the door, <laughs> but I got it on next day, See, so I remember. Weird, weird,
0: weird. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember
1: sat in my living room on a Saturday afternoon and getting, like, all these pastels out and drawing and, and just thinking, oh, my God, there's still so many hours left in the day. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I used to just waste them drinking and being bored can be for some people and especially me quite a scary place when you stop drinking because what what else do you do if you don't have hobbies
0: but you can't imagine now after a period of time and this is the other thing about it will pass because i can't imagine being bored ever now no me neither. i'm not bored because when i'm not doing anything i'm reading or i'm exercising or i'm visiting you or i'm phoning you just to tell you something stupid like oh read this <laughs> yeah, <been there. laughs> read, read this other sober book it's amazing done that done that <laughs> um oh also while we're on sober books i have to say that um sober positive i've just i'm halfway through it um and it's, it's julia carter yes and it's incredible so if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking of reading somebody's book please pick Julia's up and she's somebody else who's agreed to come on our podcast in the new year. Please, please try it because it's just amazing. I can really relate to it. Well, you said, didn't you, before that if you'd read that earlier on, yeah, that you would have perhaps found things a lot easier. Definitely, definitely. And I don't know whether it's just because I can relate to her or whether it is genuinely brilliant, but it's genuinely brilliant as far as I'm concerned. And so. you know what? I can speak um, on behalf...
1: Julia's a member. She comes to some of the Be Sober... Manchester meetups and she is such a lovely genuine person I haven't read it yet and but I cannot wait no it's yeah, I will read that one Alex
0: thanks (laughs) (laughs) you'll like it (laughs) and you'll learn things and I'm not telling you what I know before you (laughs) right well I think that's pretty much it for today um so next time we have actually got a guest on and it'll be our first guest um Rebecca Weave-Smith And she's actually the editor of a magazine called Goldie Magazine. You'll find her on Instagram if you want to take a look. And she's talking with us about life after sobriety. So, yeah, it's been lovely. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.